Thank you for listening to Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body. This is episode 66, Act 2, Carmen Kelly for Vocal Girls, recorded May 7th, 2023. Ooh, yeah, oh. I'm so damn tired of waiting. Perfect A plus B The one size fits all prudent kids all screaming about irrevocability Let's burn some bridges, earn some stitches And fight our own way free Cause the rules don't lie But they don't apply to people like you and me Let's start it up now 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 now they say it's all decided, all divided, all laid out. And the pushcart man with a three-part plan can't understand what you're shouting about. But when the pairs they plow, the lives allowed are the only roads you can see. Just remember who walls were built to fall for old people like you and me. Let's start it up now. 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 Hey, hey, TA audience. Welcome to Teaching Artistry, powered by A Space Between. This podcast is researched, recorded, and produced on the unceded lands, water, and air, stewarded by the Canarsie and Muncie Lenape peoples in what is colonially known as Brooklyn, New York. Thanks so much for listening and supporting this indie podcast. Invite your peeps, colleagues, and friends to join our global community and subscribe on SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, Spotify, or any podcast player. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Teaching Artistry Podcast and head over to teachingartistry.org to access episodes, guest bios, e-zines, merch, and more. The holiday season is upon us, which can feel quite festive. And joyful and that is a funky feeling when there is so much struggle conflict death and pain taking place globally I don't know about you but I can get very oh, I've talked about this before I can get very overwhelmed at times like this thinking about the madness of the world And in times like these, I tend to zoom in on what I can control. And my way of doing that at this time is about creating space. Space for others, space for myself. And aiming to see no stranger, no matter what. That's it. (laughs) That's all I got, really. And for Carmen, it has been my absolute honor and pleasure to feature Miss Carmen Kelly with this series. She's a beautiful gem, and I am so happy to know her and have her in my life. And in this final episode, we hear more about the responsibility she feels around and the connection between field practice and the theory that she learned during grad school, as well as the 
tremendous work that she did as program director while working for over 20 years at Creative Arts Team, or CAT. Here is episode 66, act two, Carmen Kelly for Vocal Girls. So how long have you worked at CAT? Okay, I'm glad you asked that question because my tenure before I retired, (laughs) a Mm quasi-retired from CAT, I call it quasi because I went back to work, (laughs) Um, 22 years. And I'll give you my background a little quick. Um, I started working as a teaching artist in the high school program. So my wheelhouse were older kids and I loved it because the facilitation piece to it with older kids, you know, I was able to really have those rich discussions with them. You could ask those hard questions. You could really, fine tune things about it. Along with that came the challenges of how do you pull a group of high school kids into a discussion about um, be it violence, be it um, like anti-violence or talk about um, sex and HIV, which we did, we ran for a long time. So we had all of those very controversial things that we were doing and talking about in the early days when no one was. I remember when we first started um, creating our curriculum, our HIV AIDS curriculum, um, all the background work we had to do as artists just to find out stuff. And definitely we had the component of a health education, that health educator that traveled with us, but it was important to really understand it. And we came in on that subject from a place of fear. There was a lot of fear behind it. You know, everybody was talking about if you touch someone, you'll you'll get it. So it was those early days where it was still so very new to everyone, but we were taking the risk to talk about this in our classrooms and with our young people because we thought it was very, very important. And it had been done even before I came into CAT, it had already started. And um, it, was, it was wonderful to really have that exposure to what it was and then to feel like how, you know, to be able to have those conversations where we're making a dent. Young people are talking about these things. People, are, they're talking about their fears. They're talking about where they are with it. What, you know, change behavior. What does that look like? Where do you, you know, where do you take that? And all of that. And I also have to, you know, just kind of give kudos to Gwendolyn Hardwick, who is the program director of the high school program. And like I said before, it's that she was very much into making sure there were three teaching artists working together because she loved the component of theater. And she always felt that, that was a way to do that. So as you got three teaching artists, someone may be doing the sound, someone may be doing, um, being the choreographer in the back, whatever it was when we were trying to make sure we had that component of theater, being, having a family, being able to have the, you know, be it the parent, two parents, one child, whatever. It was always those components, all the roles that took place in theater. And she felt that having three teaching artists was always 
it supported being able to do those wonderful theater elements she wanted to make sure was there because it was exciting because that's all we had when we came into the classroom. We didn't have a full out set to do. How do we create that whole illusion of being breaking the fourth wall and being within this world, you know, by doing it that way. So that was, I give kudos to her for that. And also how she pushed us as artists to really not only know our craft, but to have that research that was so important. I mean, we used to do research, delve into the research, like unbelievably so, where we would come back in and doing table work, like a normal table work, like we do in a play, and we're sitting there talking about statistics and what, who found this research and how do we incorporate this in and where do we put this? So, you know, in this whole way of doing that, in that sense of creating, you know, the power of making this happen and joining forces with all of those elements, you know, we're sitting there creating this wonderful curriculum, you know, this wonderful, you know, um, piece of piece of work that we're getting ready to now do. And we owned it because it was from us. It wasn't like us taking a play and taking the play and now doing it, it was us creating this whole play or coming together to make this happen like this, which I loved, I loved, I loved. That was the thing that made me stay so long. So I was a teaching artist for four years, literally Courtney, before I started to move into a leadership role as assistant program director. And I think one of the reasons I took the leap of faith to do that is I love to work. I was a great writer. I, write, I wrote a lot of stuff. <laughs> I love writing. I love the idea of writing. I just had to, you know, learn to really make sure I was writing great work <laughs> when I was doing it, creating that. And um, I was excited about taking this on and, you know, now using, you know, now taking the skill set that I knew and being able to now train teaching artists to do what I knew. And the other piece to that is the facilitation piece. I loved it. You know, Gwendolyn Hartwood was a master at it. We did it just the same way you would do um, a play. You, you know, you had beginning, middle and end, but you also had those, those steps along the way. Why are we stopping? What is the stopping point? You had to have a reason. Why are we stopping to ask these questions? What, what do we want to know at this point? You know, why won't we keep it going straight as is? No, let's, let's stop here and ask this question because it's going to give us an assessment of where they are. You know, so I love the facilitation piece. I really got good at that. Mm -hmm. And I really, really used to, I used to just do a training call. It's to be facilitation one-on-one. -on -one. And, and I would grill my teaching artists with it because I loved it. And I learned from the best. I really learned how to do it well. And, you know, Gwen Hardwick, I have to give her kudos for pushing us at that time to really do it well and make it work. Because you can put this wonderful piece of work up, but if you don't ask the right questions, you know, where does it go? And, um, 
And what do you do with that? It's like the book that's out asking. Asking Better Questions by Julia yes. Sexton. and You know, which was a little Bible for me. I used to love that book. I read it from cover to cover. Um, so I remained, on, and I went from the assistant program director to finally having my own program. Um, and a lot of this came out of, Courtney, when there were new things that came in, new pieces of work, uh, new things that they wanted us to create work around. Um, I said, I'll do it. <laughs> I, was, I, I was like that. I was like, Mikey, I'll do it. Yeah. Even if I didn't know how to do it, no. I was all about, I'll do it. <laughs> Let me do it. I'll try it. You know, um, when the law school wanted us to do a whole, create a whole curriculum around what they were doing and create what this might look like, I was gun ho. I said, I'll do it. I remember sitting on the floor in Chris Vine's office and was trying to unpick this and figure this out because the dean at the time, Peggy, um, loved Boal's work and she wanted to now have her first year students at NYU's law, law, law school understand a sense of diversity, mm. um, a sense of knowing how to look at these legal laws, but look at it from a place of knowing how to work. And she chose Kat to facilitate that for her, mm. which became a huge project, which was one of my babies that I worked on and helped to carve out. Um, I don't know if they're still doing it, but that was one of the things that I was very excited about. So in my 22 years of tenure, I, I go back and I look at all the places where I said yes. Um, starting out when we went into the shelters, the women's shelters, it was that was a new thing that we you know hadn't done before. How do you do this? Doing the research to figure that out, going to Rikers, you know. I'd never been before. I was like, how am I going to go to Rikers off? And knowing that, you know, going into a place, uh, a juvenile facility like that, you know, incarcerated juveniles that are there and working with them and we can't take anything in, no sound like music because we would use music or music box. So what do we do? What do we do? We create rhythms with our bodies. We create the rhythms in our body that we wanted to have just to draw them in because music served a purpose for us. And to now then have these rich conversations, you know, but we had to do a lot of research to find out what is it that we want to do. They're already in a place. I remember when we did the violence prevention curriculum, they're already in a place where, you know, they're incarcerated for all these various offenses. And I remember saying, well, we're going to do violence prevention. How are we going to do that? And then we start thinking about, well, wait a minute, what are they up against? And the things that they argued about and fought about and became violent about were boundaries within where they were, like fighting over a chair that someone sat in to watch television. That's what they used to fight about. You know, things like that. It was like, oh, let's bring this up close and personal to where they are, you understand? So um, that's some of the rich things as I go back and I think about some of the rich pieces of work that we did. And, you know, it's funny, pre-cell phone, 
I wish we would recorded a lot of that work, just creating the work. I was just talking to one of my teaching artists the other day. I was saying, wow, we were thinking about um, recording this and videotaping this work because we were so much in the trenches of being in the moment and being in it and owning it that we didn't think, oh, this would serve a purpose later on. <laughs> you know, this would be great to go back and look and see how all this work we put into to create this and make this happen, you know. So it's it, it's when I go back and I think about all of those those fun, great days, those early days, you know, we tackled race and, you know, um, looking at race and prejudice. We did that. And we, you know, we did it under the, where we unlocked what it is, stereotypes and how harmful they are, you know, when folks didn't want to talk about it. I mean, we went as far as to go into the levels of going into, say, for example, um, the culture, Spanish culture, where you got the Dominicans against Puerto Ricans, which I, this was one of the beautiful things about working at CAP is that it was a learning experience for me as a person because I always took away something and was always learning within that. I had no idea at the time. Oh, I didn't know that subcultures fight with it. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay, this, wow. And it was through that curriculum that we designed and that we explored this, you know, that we looked at it through our research that these are things that happen. Wow. Okay. So now we got to craft this curriculum that highlights that. How do we unpick these stereotypes? What do we do with this? You know, so um, I think about all those wonderful moments within the training, within the development, within, you know, um, the actual practical sense of doing it. Um, where you know this all this process drama and creating all this wonderful stuff that had me stay there for 22 years so you've named a lot of things i uh or you shared a lot of things and i want to try and name some of those techniques right like you just named process drama uh which is building those worlds uh, it sounds like there was a little bit of forum theater in there you know boal has this thing with invisible theater mm -hmm. right so in the early days when I started, um, Gwendolyn loved that idea about invisible theater. And what we used to do, what we did was we tweaked that form of invisible theater. So the whole concept of doing it full out, say for example, artists on a bus or whatever, we didn't do it quite like that. We used components of it. So we used components of in, in invisible theater, when we would be, the kids would be in the room. I'll give you an example. When we did our HIV, um, HIV AIDS curriculum, we would already be in the room in a tableau representing something when the kids came in. So that that was our ex levels of invisible theater that we did or we would set up or frame it in such a way that the kids were already in that world when it came into the classroom. That was very exciting, but it also was, <laughs> we had to be careful. They bought into it so quickly that 
we had to, when we unrolled and said, good morning, I'm Carmen Kelly and I'm from the creative arts team (laughs) in residence at NYU. The kids were like, wait, aren't you? (laughs) Because they they were so invested in that. And that was a a wonderful component of the work that we did um, using invisible theater in that way, because it drew them in, it drew them in. And then from that, we kind of moved into using music as a way of doing that, or making entrances from different places in the classroom where they would not know, sitting in the classroom as a student, and they did not know. You know, so it was all those fun things. I just wanted to throw that. That used to be a lot of fun to do. A lot, a lot of fun. And being married to making sure that we made it as real as possible. (laughs) You know, the reality just to get them to buy into it. What's a big question that you're asking yourself now in terms of practice, your practice? I think what I'm now asking myself, and I love my work that I do with my kids in the afters because as a matter of fact we just did a, a thing called my fifth graders had a panel it was a girls panel and a boys panel and it was something that in line with my principal that she wanted to have done and it was so rich to do this with them because it gave me an opportunity to do some <laughs> do some vocal things with them that I hadn't done in a long time you know tongue twisters you know, like unique New York, unique New York with them, fifth graders and them loving it, but really not quite knowing why they probably was doing all of it, but putting them right into the role of this and elevating and using their diaphragm and speaking loud and all of these things and not being nervous and giving them a stress ball to hold on to (laughs) all of this. But I say all that to say that that was exciting. I think the question I'm asking myself at this point, where do I want my work to go or expand? What do I want to tap into now? Because I love writing. And a part of me is saying, where can I not only tap into this skill set that I have about writing and all this experience I have to be able to now maybe frame this into something that's a performance piece, something that I could do or others can do with me. That's one part. So it's that other part of performing again in a certain kind of way. And I also ask myself, because I saw the um, face-to-face face-to-face I said to myself wow it brought back memories because I've done face-to-face many 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 times I said I should start doing some workshops at conferences again Mm. I said wouldn't that be interesting I wonder you know you know, because you can do that and be, you know, on your own and all of that, not necessarily connected to an arts and education. You know, I could always say former. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can always own that. So apart the question I've been asking, where can I get my feet wet again? 
in a way that's exciting and fun. And it draws on my skill and maybe even exposes even more so my skills. So those are some of the questions I'm asking myself. What is, what is going to be my legacy that I leave um, when I'm gone? And, it's in, and I, I say that to say prior to my departure, I had done um, single-handedly along with my very wonderful master teaching artist created Project Change, which was again, um, centered around college students. And it was a mentorship program where I chose 20 students, 10 from Mega Edwards College and 10 from York College. And the whole goal was to mentor these students to learn um, the craft that we had at the creative arts team to now create vignettes and short, you know, a sense of form theater in a basic way and use some of those elements to now talk about, once again, uh, the health component of HIV and AIDS and all of that, as well as um, relationship violence. So it was, that was the last big piece that I did. It was a five-year thing. Department of Health gave all this money because they wanted to um, go into the communities, particularly the community in Queens, where there was a high, high concentration of um, HIV as well as um, STDs and find a way to really bring that down, as well as in, in Brooklyn, which was near Crown Heights. Um, very high concentration. So we got all this money to be able to try to facilitate workshops that would help the community. It was a, now a chance to be in the community and expose the community of the dangers, the challenges, you know, the five components of, of how you get HIV or, you know, trying to really break down those barriers that was existing in those in those communities of color about you know um, STDs and HIV, and we created some wonderful, fascinating, exciting, I felt very powerful workshops um, in those communities, and started those discussions, um, and it, we did that for five years. We were we were trying to get a six year. But um, we weren't, you know, it, the focus changed. It went in a different direction. Um, but that's a real powerful legacy that I know that I left at CAT, that I worked on and created that. Very, because from that, they created some other things off of that. Whereas we, now I had a body of young people that came into uh, CAT. They got to know them. And, you know, they were out doing our work in a different kind of way in their own way of harnessing it. And they were not actors and they were not, they were not even remotely connected to theater at all, but loved it when they got a chance to do it. Um, as a matter of fact, I can tell you the richness of, you know, like they're, not, they're all 30 years old now, 
and they were like <laughs> in college back then. And I got together with a few of them, maybe like last week or so. And um, two weeks ago, I think two or three weeks ago. And one of my guys is doing a, running a wonderful program about health. He's a physician in Africa. Um, another one of my students was, was a sociology major and she has this whole component where she's teaching, um, you know, using the same kind of structure, creating some theater work around um, looking at, I think she's using it for adolescence and violence and all of that. And she said to me, she said, Carmen, and they, and you know, they, they had a fond name for me. They used to call me Dr. Kelly because they said, you know, you, you need to go get your PhD, Carmen. <laughs> anyway, they, she said, Dr. Kelly, she said, the lady asked me, how do I ask such good open-ended questions? And I had to tell her that I got trained <laughs> by you and at CAT. So I know how to facilitate workshops. And she said her you know, her supervisor was so impressed by her, her way and style. So these are the kind of like things that ripples. Another one of my um, students is, they're doing, they're so wonderful. They've been doing great, great stuff, but they've taken a lot of this with them. One started a studio where she teaches um, a dance and all of this because she was required to do all the warmups when we came in. She was a cheerleader. And I said, you're going to use that talent you have. Think about how we can do a warm-up. What are the warm-ups going to look like? A physical one, a vocal one as well. And so it's amazing how, you know, you don't know what you're going to end up with. You just go for it. And then you don't know how it's going to expand out. So I'm, I'm very, 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 very excited about that. I feel like a proud auntie that I had all these, <laughs> these babies expend, you know, go out and do great, great, extremely great work, you know, all over um, the country, you know, which is nice. The only thing I would like to add, Courtney, is, you know, I love the idea that you're asking me questions and I'm responding and we just happen to be two women of color. And I think that's very powerful in this work that it has expanded in that way that we we're visible in this work. I love it. And when I say that, that visibility is very, 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 very important. And I think it's expanding. It's expanding on to, you know, places like Broadway and off-Broadway. I think it, you know, may have existed already before non-Broadway to some degree, but now it's moving into those institutions and those places where um it didn't exist um and i think that's very powerful and i love that because there's so many stories to talk about and so many stories to share particularly people of color stories are rich and important and um it's nice that we're able to shine the light on that and i'm happy about it in a in a major kind of way i love the idea that you know, um, I don't know if you saw the play Fat Ham, it's near where the Vic, Vic, yes. Vic is. One of the actors that stars in that, Benja Kay, mm -hmm. she's a cat girl. Mm -hmm. She came out a cat, absolutely. You know, and um, 
you know, some of the rich work she she did back then. She was gone when I came in, but she's, yeah, she's a cat girl. You know, you look at Dominique Maruso, who I gave her her first job at cat, you know, and all the rich work she's doing and, and honing in and talking about, you know, um, this work and what it means to create this kind of work. Um, so in that sense, I'm thrilled about it. I, I, I hope and I, and I feel that I can own some of the excitement of that, of being a part of nurturing those artists and where they've gone on in their careers and what have you. I'm excited about, I'm excited about having more diversity in the work, you know, um, alongside of that. And I look at that from all, all angles of expose, exposure and, and what have you. So I'm thrilled about that. I'm thrilled about that. And I'm thrilled that you are doing the work that you're doing. You have this whole platform of teaching artistry because I think it is people take for granted um, the power of being a teaching artist, mixing the two together. That's how the two roads come, come together to be one and powerful. One doesn't overshadow the other, you know? Um, so yeah, that's, I think my cup is full from this conversation we've had. I think you said that beautifully. And I was just, to put a slight button on it, um, was thinking exactly that, that, you know, your, your legacy lives in all the different folks that you've impacted or in, interacted with and the ripples of who, how they're like informed by experiences with you and how they're impacting others just continues to ripple out. Um, and, you know, even though I've never worked directly with you, you've had a lot of, uh, impact on me. Um, both in the uh, visibility piece, the the practitioner piece, um, I've had you guest uh, guest facilitate within um, some some classes that I've had, and I've learned a great deal from uh, being witness to the, those experiences. And um, I just you know, and then you know, swimming, <laughs> and then there's swimming and being black mermaids, and how how much to embrace that. And then there's that lovely. Lindsay. Yes. And then we shared Lindsay as a Yes. And I how I, how amazing she was. I tried to keep her. <laughs> you know, I tried to keep my Lindsay in cat cat. You know, there was just budgetary things and you know, sometimes people don't understand and see there's a couple of people I tried to keep within the domain of cat because I just I knew before people knew how wonderful they were <laughs> before people had they had no clue because <laughs> they just could not see that. I, I, I really pride myself. I give myself a pat on the back for that mm. of knowing and seeing and understanding all of that. You know, even, even to this day, the resource guide that we use, Lindsay was single-handedly created a document that I think they still use today over there <clears throat> because it was amazing it was amazing 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 but i'm also excited where she landed as well too 
Which is great. And, you know, so your loss, my gain. Yes. And the new victory's gain. Which um, is a beauty, which which is a beauty. And I love Edie Demas. That's my that's my girl. That's one of my one of my favorite professors, actually. Well, Carmen, thank you so much for um, spending all the time with me back and forth, scheduling, getting a, getting it together so we can have this these these both these rich conversations. Um, I look forward to more rich conversations over over wine. Yes. <laughs> And swimming and all of that, because, yeah. you know, we can always do brunch after we swim and or whatever. I, you know, and I don't mind traveling to you because it seems like, you you know, it's hard for you to get over here again. <laughs> I was just saying to myself, like, oh, now that we're going to be working in the office more, you know, would it be worth me re-upping my, my um, membership there? So it's not an impossibility that I would come back, but I would be happy to be a guest if I, if I don't join. Yes, let me know whenever you want to come. Yeah, You're okay. more than welcome to come and be my guest so I can, you know, use my guest pass. You're always welcome. You know, there's always a lane open for you. Ooh, I love a lane. I love an open lane. <laughs> yes, an open lane for you, darling, to come in and do your thing, you yes. know, always for sure. And thank you for this because, you know, this is kind of, got me all stimulated now in a very good way, in a very artistic, creative way. And as I used to use the word rich in a rich way, uh, one of my teachers used to tease me all the time. She said, there are two, two words that you always use, Carmen, rich and gather. I always say, let's gather together, everyone. <laughs> and, and I would say something that was really good that I loved. <laughs> oh, that was rich. <laughs> so those are two of my words. So. This has been really rich for me, that it really has made me go back and say, hmm, let me see what I can do with this. You know, where am I going to go with all this fun stuff? And it's exciting because, you know, after I quasi left CAT and I was working and doing different things here and there and seeing where I might go and what have you, I ended up going to do work with the leadership program. Mm -hmm. And at that time, one of my good, good girlfriends, Leslie Jones, was there. And, you know, Leslie was a teaching artist. She helped train me because she was already a teaching artist at CAT, her and Keith Johnston. So when we got together, it was the three of us on a team together. She was already at the leadership program. So when I walked in the door, her and another fellow that had worked at CAT, too, I remember them telling the executive director, do you know who that is? That's Carmen Cut. She's amazing. <laughs> She's amazing. You all better hire her. <laughs> you know, and that was lovely to hear that. That was, I was told that later on once they hired me, uh, that they all were saying, mm, you've got to be hired. And um, I worked with them for, uh, for a good little while. Um, just working as a teaching artist and going out and doing that. And then when I told them, I said, you know, I think I'm, <laughs> I think my skills are much, much better in the, in the format of, of being a director. Mm. And they said, well, let me, let us think about it. <laughs> and my principal beat them to the punch. So there you have it. There you have it. Carmen, I just love you. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing Thank your story. You, Thank you so much. I, I miss you immensely. 
I'm so glad we came on. You know, I, I have such a question on you. Question on you and Sydney. I love Black Girls That Swim. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Episode 66, Act 2 of Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body, Carmen Kelly for Vocal Girls. Join us next time for a conversation with Linz Amer. This podcast is edited and produced by Ben Weber. Christopher Totten is the director of creative content. John Waldman wrote and performed the theme song. Tim Palin designed the logo. Visit us at www.teachingartistry.org and head to the pod shop at the top of the page for merch. Find us on Instagram at Teaching Artistry Podcast and on YouTube. Check out the Teaching Artistry with Courtney J. Body channel and watch We Can't Go Back. Like our page on Facebook, listen to us on SoundCloud and Spotify, subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, and be sure to share this podcast with all the teaching artists in your life. Let's start it up now.